but Lover Show's raced away with 100 to go and it's going to bolt in in the Blue Diamond. Lover Show wins by two and a half lengths. Street Cafe in front, being ridden for dear life. Street Cafe is going to hang on and win. And Brendan's broken back. Street Cafe's won at a neck to fair. But it's plain as Star Witness is flying home. Star Witness has got up to win. What a huge win. Extreme Choice in front, Flying Artie with a length and a half to make up a hundred left to go. Extreme Choice is going strongly though, and he'll score. Extreme Choice, two lengths to Flying Artie. Big Quinella for the... Catchy leaving it late, but starting to fly home. Pariah the leader. Catchy starting to flash home. Pariah in front. Catchy, Catchy got him. Catchy the great filly has got up and beaten Pariah. She but Corta's blitzing them. She's raced away. And Corta wins the Blue Diamond Stakes by three or four lengths. And it's plain as great to watch you say Hurricane Sky and Nick in front. And Hurricane Sky will win it. Hurricane Sky from Mr. Vitality by... Choice after Testa Rossa. Readout's Choice has grabbed the lead, 50 to go, draws away, and Readout's Choice has won the diamond. Here comes Alingi sailing up the middle of the track. Wager in front, Alingi stride by stride. She's a mighty filly, and Alingi beats Wager by a lead. An outstanding win. But it is Sepoy who's bolted away now with the Blue Diamond, opening up four lengths. Hallowell Bell running on well, but it's all Sepoy getting home hard masthead. But Sepoy bolted at the Diamond by about five lengths. And Artorias is flying at the 50. Artorias pounces, bombs them and wins. Artorias for ingratiating PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. With some Chris Real work, listening to some of those great Blue Diamond winners of the past, it's year-round carnival preview edition. Thanks so much for getting it. Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals, good morning to you. Good morning, Rolfie, and what a magnificent card. Absolutely. So we're having nice warm weather here in Melbourne. So, uh, and the sand air track over the summer taking the workload from Fleming has been uh, playing superbly. Yes, absolutely. So uh, fast horses, no excuses for tomorrow. The uh, We've got a bit of a Heinz variety with uh, different uh, tracks being used, the 1800s on the hillside, the uh, the Oakley plates on the chute, and the lakeside tracks in order for uh, for the other races. So we'll just sort of pick them apart race by race. This is a Friday deep dive. Our information is correct as of 5 past 6 Friday morning. And, of course, if you're getting this, you'll be getting tomorrow's updated podcast, and, uh, and we'll go through everything if we need to make any adjustments due to scratching 
finishings and the other races itself. But we'll start with a deep dive into the Oakley Plate, Vince. It's the, uh, I think it's the best race today. It's Blue Diamond Day, but this is a cracking race. This uh, last race, race nine in the program. It's it's a it's a big big race to finish off with. Wow, this this is a, it's a tough race. There was many ways you can dissect it. I can't say to you right now. I, I feel that I've nailed it, but I'm looking at one of the possibility of angles in terms of what may play out, and of course there will also be another possibility which hopefully we'll be able to sort out. Absolutely. So uh, with, with this is an accompaniment to the early edition of Race Speed Profiles. A couple of uh, highlight lights to, to, to pick out here, Vince, at the top of you, actually at the top of the page rather than the horse's talent. IVR forecast, 3.2, so that's, that's your bare minimum for getting on the podium. Yep. And speed forecast, unsurprisingly, but you've obviously got data to back this up, very fast. <laughs> yeah, 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 very fast, down the hill, big field, quite a few horses that like to go forward and then most likely going to have a real hard time owning the front because someone's going to own it but there's horses that actually love you know being fast on pace horses and this is the challenge and it's hard to sit back and say well what speed will they really go i mean you can always make a case is there any chance for benchmark if we lose probably six, seven runners, maybe, <laughs> and this is of the leaders of the or that lead pack, then possibly we could. But realistically, there's no option. They're just going to run, Ralphie. And I have been a high expectation that we could find ourselves in an 1100 meter race running plus three, plus five, which is extremely fast. Well, we've only got limited data as far as the 1100 shoot yes. at, uh, at, at Hillside, but what we have seen is that it is a challenge to be able to maintain your lead. And, and what you're saying now is that it looks like there's going to be a bit of a vacuum up front. So it's it's the old truism in racing: the the smaller the distance, the the more true the speed map is, because fast horses you, you you know you're more steering them than telling them what to do, and uh, and that's that's where pressure is really going to be created. That's correct. And, and do we have the artificial hunt finishing post as well? Yes. Yeah, so oh, it's an extra right. 100 metres. So that's that's really mm. – yeah. So what we've seen and, and actually heard, heard – I forget which trainer, but communicating that, you know, the, the, the feedback is that the horses are getting very tired up the end of this hill and, uh, and you're going to need closing speed. And this is one of the really tough things when you're racing at Sandown. It just doesn't suit all horses. It makes it difficult. I mean, you'd like to think all horses are suited everywhere. Now, under some scenarios – that could be possible, but in this situation, plus the extra 100 metres, it, it can be a real battle, and you've got to navigate that downhill, and you've got to get through that uphill. It, it just it impacts horses well. If, you, if you're short of conditioning, you're going to know. Absolutely. So in, in in a typical year, and I understand why they did it, uh, this Asphora, for instance, it's, uh, it's one of the favourites for the race. In a wide-open race at about $5 range, beautiful, typical Oakley Plate horse. Caulfield, get to the front. Scoot around the bend and dare them to run you down. You got unbelievable speed. Sand down hillside, extended winning post up the up the hill. It's a different dynamic. It is. A, it, it's a it's an excellent racehorse. And one of the things, like I touched on in the beginning, about there's a couple of ways to approach it. When it initially came up on the dashboard, Star Patrol, Uncommon James, Mask Crusader, they weren't sort of, you know, like from a. AI scenario, they weren't up the top and therefore the race strength was around two and a half and this particular run that you're talking about was like right up there because its profile is very strong. You only have to look at that last run at Flemington. It was a 2.2, fourth best of the day and that was back in October last year. Both 
trials, the jump outs have been very solid with this horse as well. And this is one of these runners that does like to be a lead pack runner, but highly unlikely of not getting the lead. Now, if it does get the lead, it won't be through natural capability. It will be artificially forced to lead if, if it's leading because there's so many others that have got their natural speeds quicker and therefore it makes it a contest. So this is the challenge. Where do you know? Where do you put this horse? What do you do with it? Initially, when it was like right up then, I was going, but you know, how's it going to work for you? And this is why I started having difficulties with the race because I could see best case scenario, most likely will take a slot position and that's just maybe one length to two lengths off a fast race. Okay, that's great. But how will you handle that? Can you cope then? first up and be fully ready to be able to, you know, not only bring your best foot forward, but run to a new PB because that's really the, the bottom line. Because even if I take away those initial horses I just mentioned to you, Ralphie, you're st- this horse still has to run to a new PB. Now, I'm not saying that it can't, by the way. It's yeah. a, such a lightly raced horse and all the indicators are it's going gonna, it's gonna to run superbly, but is that going to be enough? One a tick for her, and and I'm not saying pro or against. I'm just talking about the capabilities. Is is one of the things we learnt from her data last spring compared to what she exploded last uh, in her first prep was that she's she's gradually learning how to relax in her races, even though she's showing fast speed. Yes, that's true for sure. But what we've got is we've got a scenario. First up, last campaign campaign Sandown was a thousand meters. Yep, wet track. Yep. And we've got 1,100 this time. Yeah. Prep before, Colac, 1,000-metre maiden. <laughs> it, it, this is the Oakley Plate. And this, this is, is new a hot, Yeah, this is a hot field. This is no slouchy race. Yeah. All right, that's the case there. Uh, I'll go in market order. And this yep. next one, another headache for us, I am me. So barrier one uh, means there's nowhere to hide. So you've got the Ma uses combination with JB Carr. So couldn't get better at a big race. She's been showing unbelievable talent, and, and she's putting together two sections in, in her clothes. But again, when you control a race in a tight-turning track, or not necessarily tight-turning, but in the turning track, it, it is a different dynamic to having to do it down this dog leg. Yeah. Well, one thing's for certain. This day, first, this day was just, you know, <laughs> they're, they're amazing. Yes. That's first. But more importantly, if you look for a horse, how you've been set up in terms of getting into a race – I can give nothing but total praise for this stable because this, you could not ask for a horse to be better set up than this. And what I mean by this is the last two runs are 1,200 metres, like the Canterbury performance, last start, benchmark first section, plus 6.4 between the eight and the four, plus 6.4 last 400. That's phenomenal, right? That's a 12.8 combined last two sections. It's just sensational. But if that makes it crazy, where I pay even more importance is like at Ramwick, same speed, actually point just better than benchmark, right? Yeah. Between the eight and the four, plus 5.7, last 400, plus 4.4. Again, I sit back and say, well, that's 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 in excess of 11, uh, 10 length squeeze and you're still on the up. And I just say to myself, well, you can't be better battle ready. Coming back 100 metres, there's no way that's going to be a disadvantage for you because of the way you've been finishing. You need that sort of power at Sandown up the hill with an extra 100 metres, Ralphie, you know, mm. of straight line speed that's needed. This horse displays all of that. So this was one horse that 
could easily be number one on the ranking. Yep. But not any further back than where I've got it right now. Now, it just sits outside of the top four on the early edition, but I can say to you, it'll be highly unlikely it'll probably be sharing one of those top two or three spots. All right. And the, the other dynamic too, uh, as far as your speed map here, here, Vince, with your early settling speed, and again, or if you listen to this, it's a, please, please uh, open up your, your race speed profile with it, is that uh, a horse like Oxley Road at the moment's an emergency. So that, that's one t- uh, tiny bit of speed that can come out of the race. By tomorrow. Only a tiny yes. bit. <laughs> no, no, but you're right, Ralphie, and a very important runner as well because just the manoeuvre out of that runner probably stops it from being a plus five. Yep. We're probably going to be somewhere between plus three and four. All right. Well, next to it in the in the, in the barriers is, is interesting too. Gee, a very, a, you what a wide barrier I reckon it would have been for this horse, Chain of Lightning. So a fortnight back, this track, this distance, there is a slight di- dynamic that we'll get to, but Chain of Lightning was luckless from an inside barrier. Here she is again from an inside barrier. I just wonder, under this circumstance, maybe the speed will be even faster, which creates a bit of spread. So Craig Williams goes on, Jamie Carr sticking with I Am Me, uh, with that stable rather, and uh, and we we our mindset two weeks ago was we haven't seen her on a fast track uh, and see her display speed. Well, she couldn't have done much more under the circumstances that she was given. No, that's true. The challenge for this horse is, okay, firstly, if we look at the race shape and the profile and where it's most likely going to be positioned in running. The intel is indicating that it's well. If you if you're inside four lengths, you can rest assured the horse has been urged to be in that position because the data is clearly indicating you're more likely to be six to eight lengths off the lead speed on natural speed. But Craig Williams, he's a master tactician, and he isn't the sort of person who's just going to sit there and allow you to loaf along in a big race, he's going to ask you for your supreme effort and sometimes that means getting outside your comfort zone and you're going to have to see if you stand up and deliver. And that's that's one of the beauties of a rider like Craig Williams. And there is a big difference even between Craig Williams and Jamie Carr because Jamie Carr generally doesn't do that. She's, she's, you know, at her absolute best when she allows the horse to be the horse. So from that point of view, I actually feel that I'm happy that Moody's got Williams on board. So now the question is this, can it make the next leap? And is this the day or does this horse also need more ground? To me, as great as Moody is, could he be one run behind, particularly if we got this high, well, I have this high expectation of a fast run race. Is there also a chance that that was their chance at 1100 first up fresh that, you know, speeds out of the legs now? Given the 1,200, 1,400 profile is what I'm saying. Yes, for sure. But but we do have to state, Ralphie, last campaign, most of those races were on wet ground. You know, I mean, we, exactly. We, we, we don't had, know. <laughs> no, we, we haven't seen what the horse is truly capable of. There's no doubt about that. And so for that, you have to always give some respect, right? Yeah. So I just sit back and say, again, you know, like my opening statement, if we take away the first three or four horses, which I'm sure we're going to get to, away from the top rung, this is about a plus 2.5 do you need? You need. This would elevate the horse slightly higher, but it's not going to be easy. And it's, you know, like it's good enough, but it is a wait and see for me. Yep. Well, I'm pretty much going in market order, but I'll just skip one here to get to Lofty Strike because I also want to talk about a different dynamic here, Vince. Yep. The, so he was fantastic two weeks ago. You know, rock solid. Got to a new level. Um, 
best last 800 of the day. So where our, our takeaway on the Monday was he turned up very fit, but he was very good. I just want to put one to you, Vince, as part of your discussion of this horse. Mm-hmm. A fortnight later, the rail goes from out 10 to back to true. Now, we haven't seen this a lot, obviously, in the dog league, but I did notice, you know, when the rail's back to true, for instance, on that Boxing Day meeting, Jigsaw was able to lead throughout. I'm not saying that this will help leaders, but I am saying that that big, super wide slingshot advantage is harder to get to with rail back to true. Yes, that, that is correct, Ralphie. But what we've got to deal with is this. Giant field, one must be, you know, dreaming if they don't believe that at least half a dozen horses are going to find the lanes. Yep. They they, they will. So and it's a natural spread. Yeah. And, and if you're a front runner, goodness me, that finishing line's going to look impossible. <laughs> exactly. So that's the downside for, but it rail true and the finishing line in the true position, you know, where it's supposed to be, yeah, lofties. You know, 100 out, you'd be saying, go and collect your money because this is another runner from my perspective. I'm not saying it was a surprise, the performance, because I had a feeling the horse would turn up reasonably well in terms of conditioning. It was just a matter of whether it could make that step. And the step was there. It was a 2.3 just outside the top 10 for the day. It was a clear improvement from the previous prep of around four lengths, Ralphie. So, you know, on the graph line, I could easily score this horse a plus four. Now, I'm not, right, I'm, and, and the only reason why I'm saying I'm not is it doesn't have the same stable profile, right, that allows me to be more aggressive, and it's I've got to take a gentle response because maybe that's as good as the horse is going to go this campaign, and, and maybe not, right? But yep. reality is this initially, when it came out on the initial dashboard, rock-solid top two. So talent... Uh, is no question. No. Trend line is no question under a normal circumstance, but it's got to be able to, to get to uh, continue that trend line. And I'm, I'm not going to, you know, knew it. You know, fantastic. I've got to say, you know, I've gone from one coin to the other. Fantastic in terms of what he's been able to do in a couple of major races. He's, he, he's, now, whether it was luck or whatever, it doesn't matter. He presented himself at the right time and yep. he gave his horses the winning chance at the right time and took advantage of it. So let, let's get to Star Patrol uh, and and the significance again. I'll, I'll back over that you, you're saying the uh, your, your IVR forecast to get on the podium is three point two. Uh, that's no problem for this horse. No. Well, this is the thing now. When you look at a horse like this, lots of things you can do. If you just take into consideration, this is like when the data initially came in, the platform had only really considered the last two first up runs, and therefore. One from the campaign that we've just come from, which is, you know, like on, in January 26, that was only 0.3 above. And the run prior to that, which was off a 70-day break at Caulfield, was a 0.2. So on that, you can see the horse long way off, right, being able to get victory here. But if we just take that aside for a moment, this is the human intervention. So robots can't just take over the world, right? Well, they can, but maybe not in this case, right? <laughs> we can still use our brain. And, and I just go to that campaign, Ralphie. Flemington 1100 plus 3.9, best of the day. And then I look at the Flemington 1200 metres when it absolutely scorched the competition. That was plus four. So if I just sit back and say, okay, well, is there any chance this horse could do that? Well, why not? That that campaign, it came off a pack and a first up run 
Maiden, where it got a minus one best of the day and then improved five lengths and produced a plus four on a, you know, a powerful track. So I sit back in. So what do you do? Do you want to risk this horse and say, no, you're not going to go there this campaign? Well, I'm the sort of guy that says, well, I don't believe I've got enough evidence to say that you're not going to go there. I have to give you respect. This is a big race. You're coming here to win, and I expect this stable to have this horse absolutely ready, and there's nothing in the intel that's suggesting this horse isn't ready to explode. He needs good tracks. That's one thing we can say. Yeah, he's going to get it. He's going to get it. And uh, and the first up run, win, over 1,000 metres, he didn't bust the clock, but if you're saying, okay, well, that was his uh, uh, launch pad, if you like, for this race, well, then he's, he's run the perfect race. Absolutely, and you can see that the horse was in really good condition as well, Rolfi. The taper at the end was only around a half length, so this is a that was a great sort of a reality in terms of where you want your horse to be. And then I noticed, you know, like they gave it a, a jump out as well, just sort of further indicates like they they're really tuned in. And now let's let's see if the horse does come to that profile or not. Now I don't believe the long straight's going to be a disadvantage. I actually feel this horse will appreciate it. Yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the timing of... Really long. <laughs> yeah, it'll be the timing of what D does, because the greatest asset this horse has, Ralphie, it has a tremendous 400-metre acceleration, like it's explosive. Yep. So if that's misjudged, then, yeah, it's going to, the vulnerabilities come. But if that's not misjudged, and the horse is just running within itself until it gets to around that, you know around the turn at least, then this also get its opportunity to really explode. Of course, you you know, you already got some proof there that it can it's not going to have a problem handling the hill. You, you always um you try and put every factor down on the table. Glue on shoes, Vince, any any concern there? Well, from past history when we've examined horses with those scenarios and what it's actually meant, it's never been a situation where you would completely put a cross on them. Like if it was bar plates, oh, no, it definitely wouldn't have elevated it off its point three. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's get to the top two and your most advantage here, and they're both around $10 odds. Both look to have the perfect preparation uh, for this reason. So we'll start with King of Sparta. Uh, Vince, he, he first came in our radar when he won that three-year-old Magic Millions last year. It's January 2022, over 1,400, blistering time. Sort of went sideways a bit, but seemingly perhaps good ground was what he wanted. You, you were shoulders back about him, Magic Millions Day, and he delivered big time. And then we didn't know this when we did the Members Bonus podcast last Monday. Uh, you, I asked you about his barrier trial, and you said, that's a winning barrier trial. So we didn't know he was coming to Melbourne. Here he is in Melbourne. Yeah, I, fantastic. And have a look to the stable, 37 days between runs. And the, the trial was just like the perfect... A piece of work that you give it to make sure there's not going to be an overt keenness in the horse and the horse is going to maintain what I'm assuming is going to be maximum conditioning. Both performances, 2.6 and 3.1, uh, 1.6 of this is the last two runs. They're excellent. Of course, the challenge is this. If we're going... Now, this horse was actually at the top of the grid, Ralphie, prior to me making the adjustments of those three other horses that I had. So I've kept the horse at the top of the grid, even though it doesn't have the highest IVR figure because there are slight question marks around those three horses like Star Patrol. Are they going to absolutely hit that number? The reality is everything that I see in King of Sparta indicates the 2.6 will be the downside 
and there's a big possibility that this horse may elevate further and improve on that figure because there's no way I've got a ceiling on this horse. And this horse loves dry ground as well, Ralphie. A fortnight back when it wasn't the place to be, Johnny Allen was pretty keen to be to the rails. Now, of course, the rail is a different position here. It's back to the true. But inside draw, uh, I hope he's uh, I hope he's uh, able to, uh, to to have a mind. Oh, sorry, not able, but uh, I hope he has a mindset of trying to uh, trying to err on the side of going wider than than uh, completely ride for luck. Well, he'll have had plenty of time. Yep. to get there because it's race nine, Ralphie. Yeah. So he's had, he would have had a lot of practice, and if he's if he's asleep <laughs> by race nine, that's very bad, yeah, right? Exactly. But more importantly, he's got, he's on a horse that no matter the way the race unfolds, he's dead set going to pass a lot of tired horses because he won't be in that situation where he's going to be part of that you know intrinsic lead pack yep. where all the heat is. And I feel there is going to be space, and hopefully he'll have understood like other riders, where's the best place to be coming into the last race? So it gets to our uncommon James. Tasted defeat for the first time a fortnight ago, but let's use that phrase again, trainer's intent. Uh, this horse ran uh, a fortnight ago with one barrier trial to peak today. This is grand final day for this horse. So under that circumstance, we saw him have a tremendous win at Caulfield last August. Enforced jockey change with Damien Lane, uh, I think, overseas. Ben Thompson goes on. But Ben Thompson knows this horse very well, which is a good sign. And he's drawn wide, which is a good sign to get into the lanes. It looks grand final day. It looks like a perfect race shape the way I saw the race. How have you seen it? Yeah, well, he definitely gets – he's been given the opportunity, hasn't he? Yeah. Which is fantastic. Well, 1.1 first up. Maybe I, I was hoping for a bit more from this particular horse first up. But realistically – when you peel it all back and you look at the profile of the horse, it was a new PB from a first-up perspective, Ralphie. So I was probably a little bit hard on the horse in terms of my initial reaction. And the reality is the, the signs are pretty clear. This is a horse that's definitely elevated somewhere between one to two lengths from either last campaign or the campaign before, depending on how you want to judge it. And therefore, the plus 1.1 is really and truly just a clear stepping stone to what we should expect to see tomorrow. Now, he's got a PB of 3.4. I do have an expectation this horse is there to test that. Yep. And one of the – probably out of that group of horses at the top, he's probably one that we can be confident that he may be the, the horse that they all have to beat in terms of a hurdle rate because there, there's nothing to indicate that he won't. Now, will the rider – make the error or not, well, I don't feel he's going to have that big problem because he's not a, in a situation where he has to be part of the lead speed or has to control some type of factor. he really be able to allow this horse to roll and run, and he just needs a little bit of luck, like a number of other horses, and is he, he's drawn the right way as well. Maybe could he get too far back? Is that possible? Oh, I just feel that there's going to be plenty of opportunities where he's going to be able to slot in and there'll be, you know, plenty of space at the bottom of the turn, Ralphie. All right, well, speaking of wide draws, the, the one left fielder on your, you've touched on in your in your early edition, but uh, I'll give you a chance to speak about. Mask Crusader, well, talk about Mask. If he if he takes the mask off and brings his A-game, uh, he's, he's a serious, serious sprinter. Yeah, he's he's probably turned into that gunner horse. Like, not, not a horse that, like, I've been able to, you know, bet with any sort of keenness in recent times. But the reality is the way he's been trialling, uh, jumping out of Flemington, 
has been really good, Ralphie. And this stable, they haven't just come here. Let's see what happens. They get all the right conditions, and that's the reason why I'm giving it respect. Because on natural profile, well, last campaign they still delivered a 2.5 above second up, but fast track, long straight. This horse is possibly has the well. I definitely know it has the best last 800 meter sustained speed than any other horse in this field. This is a big plus because I'm looking for who's got that sustained capability. But at the same time, on his day, if he lets down like he did at Ramwick, oh, this is going back in April 21, where he produced a 15.1 last 800 metres. Forget about it, right? <laughs> but then I said to myself, all right, let's say that doesn't happen. Okay, so I went looking for a more recent run. Then I was just going up the chart, August 21, did you see that last 400 of Caulfield? Plus 7.8. And then I said, oh, let me go a bit further up. Then I go to October on a really good track. Unbelievable. 1,200 metres. Went plus 9.1 between the 8 and the 4. Plus 4.7. There's proof again. Now, if this horse is ready to go to that level, he's going to say he got gifted the track of the day. Yep. So that's why I, at this point, have left him there. But the, the downside is this. This is assuming that's all going to happen. What happens if it doesn't? Well, then we're going to see, a, you know, a benchmark performance and the horse isn't going to finish. Yeah, but but again, I'm looking at the odds. It's uh, I think it's much as $34. Or, no, mid-20s is available. So, yeah, there's a type of horse to put on the table. And and Ben Mellum, uh, Vince, off-pace, big big race rider. We saw him on Paul Lely win the winner bottom in the last stride. He's just the perfect guy for, uh, for, for you know, for the wide-charging horse. Yeah, and if the stable... I'm taking a position here. They're going to have this horse tuned up, hopefully to deliver its best that it can, and the horse wants to do it. Do you th think Ben Mallum's not going to find those lanes? That's what I mean, yeah. Ooh, he's going <laughs> to lie. He's, he'll, yeah. he'll be the first one to say, I own the lane. Yeah. Uh, I think we've covered pretty much all in the market. I'll, I'll just touch on Zapateo that seems ready to run to come to play to perform at her best, but I'd, can, she, can her best be good enough? <sighs> well... It depends, again, where you've got the grid. Yep. If you bring the grid and we take away those three horses that are at the top or you know near the top, like Star Patrol, Uncommon Drain, James and Mars Crusader, then we are at a mid to high twos. And all of a sudden, this is another horse that's just there presenting itself as a, a genuine possibility. The reality is, from a first up perspective, I can't fault the horse. Last campaign. 2.5 deserves to be there. Loves good tracks. Has an outstanding 400-metre sprint, which is one of the things we, we look for. It is definitely a horse that isn't going to be part of the lead battle, which is not going to be a disadvantage. The key, probably the more important thing is if he finds himself a bit too far back, then he will be in a position, or she will be in a position where there's going to be some challenges about who's got the biggest sprint. But on that trial at 16th of the first, I thought that was a hot performance. And that subsequent trial, I can't help but feel it was really I'm, – I'm glad they had that little bit of space because it could have been the sort of horse that turned up first up and won't deliver because he would have been flattened by an outstanding trial. All right. Well, in summary, this is your Friday morning thoughts. It, it sounds like may, maybe your firmest conviction in the market is that's for whose favourite at $5 has got a big challenge to be able to lead throughout. That's it. And that's the, that's the hard part. And 
I don't like to myself personally invest any money, not because of the horse, when this this type of setup, because now we're talking genuinely about a race-shaped scenario and whether that's comfortable or uncomfortable for you. All right. Uh, now, we'll, we will pick up the pace a bit here. I want to do that deep dive. It's obviously the most fascinating uh, race on the program here, and tomorrow we'll talk business once uh, Vince's final edition of Race Speed Profiles comes out. The Blue Diamond, what's called Blue Diamond Day, and uh, and the setup here, Vince, is as an overall theme for this race, no two-year-old, in, certainly in Victoria, has stamped itself yet as, as an elite two-year-old. That's fair call. Yep. 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 So you've got uh, your IVR forecast. Well, you're saying below benchmark can actually is a chance of winning this race. Yeah, well, I'm being generous, unfortunately. But I do have an expectation that they probably might be able to run benchmark. But is this the extended finishing post? No. No, so that's why no, they're, running they're coming this on, out of the, on the lakeside. Yeah. So, and, and I should ask you: so that dynamic of the lakeside twelve hundred, what's what's your uh, the overall uh, situation there? Generally, uh, on paces get their chance. Well, they do, but the you still got to navigate that downhill. Yep. Just just the possibilities you might burn more energy early, and for the young horses, it doesn't generally help the the big back markers. Because they're still not strong enough. So if there's an overextension in that, in that first section, they might find themselves a little bit too far back and then you've got to navigate the hill and you, you just might be out of energy 150 from the line. So this this race doesn't indicate that a leader or an on-pace horse is going to win, which is really weird. And the only reason is why I feel it's shaped out this way is because those lead horses – and that on-pace pack, they're just not good enough, Ralphie. That's why. <laughs> uh, and I was delighted to see your early edition, Most of Edge, because, I, I mean, I, I was pretty confident on my work that it's, it's a race in four, and so we're sort of thinking similarly. So I'll just ask you about these four horses. The first one is Steel City. The market's come for it, uh, and, and it ticks a lot of those those type of boxes that the market loves. Good, strong SP profile. Started favourite in both its races. Blinkers first time. Grand final day, Ma Eustace, Blake Shin on fire, and the horses that he ran second to. Well, you've got uh, Red Resistance, who then uh, then uh, turned over King's Gambit at a, at a, a big price there, and then uh, and then its next start was to learning to fly, who since won. So the uh, the the Frank the form sort of uh, way of thinking also backs it up. So what, what's your projection here for Steel City? Yeah, well, a lot of it's based on the trainer. Yeah. So here's the scenario: when they have this type of setup which is very interesting because I found this pattern in a number of instances, they almost always find two lengths. Yeah. Almost always, right? Only in certain situations have they not, maybe something went wrong. But the reality is, so let's say this horse is going to find, and in some cases they've found three, Ralphie, but they always find two. So if we find two from a point three, this horse is going to run plus two, plus two and a half, and we'll win. Right, that's <laughs> pretty simple. So, it's uh, it's the money that's come for it has been entitled to come for it. Yeah, because they they well they got the data science right. They yeah. they know. I, I also understand you know what's going on, and I can see you know from a data point of view. Yes. about that this is a rubber stamp plus two going to be found. Right, another horse that uh, looks set for grand final day is Barber. Now, Barber so far hasn't produced a big overall time, but yep. just to back the truck up for those who haven't heard you previously talk about it, that second up win at Rose Hill was much better than the overall than its uh, a raw IVR figure. 
Well, sitting with mid race is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, this is this is one of these horses. Everything sort of evolves around this horse. Just hasn't had a situation where it's been able to truly display the best it can deliver from a benchmark performance. It hasn't been able to get near there. But I will preface it with this: if there's any insight where I can truly say this is another runner that I have a high expectation going to smash through the benchmark barrier is this horse for different reasons, Ralphie. Just look at that Rose Hill performance on the 5th of the 11th of um, 22. First section, minus 6.2. That's the first sign it's impossible to run time. And I know when they have that type of configuration, just from experience, that you generally got to give a couple of lengths for that. But this is the one that I didn't understand. And not many youngsters, I actually am not sure if there's any, right, can deliver that sort of squeeze. And not just the squeeze, right, going from minus 6.2, but the plus 6.7 above benchmark at Rose Hill, that's a sign and a clear indicator that you are a highly talented runner and we just haven't seen this horse been able to explode in all facets. So today's going to be a great day to find out. It's drawn really well. It gets, I believe it gets the absolute right rider as well for this horse. And, um, you know, the two and a half from a first up perspective, when you look at it, again, was never really asked to do a lot other than the last 200 metres. And, and I still sit back and say, well, you just went through your paces. You got victory. Your actual trial was better than that. And yep. that may indicate to me that, goodness me, who knows how much you can explode, but that's the the run that I'm taking, that if I add a couple of lengths for that, add a little bit for the the mid-race squeeze, this does sort of indicate that you could go plus a half to plus two and a half and therefore become the threat to Steel City. And again, just if you're a first-time buyer of this, the Vince referring to the squeeze, that's the improvement of speed from the 800-metre mark to the 400-metre mark. It's such a powerful tool, and often we see it, uh, uh, it's the type of tool that uh, actually goes under the market because a lot of the big players use the 600-metre mark, and Vince, you use the 800 to 400, and that's the uh, that's a, a measure that time and again we see uh, the market underrating the, a performance like that. Correct, and, and long may continue. <laughs> well, you told me it's another 10 years before they've gotten on it. <laughs> oh, well, it takes a long time to re-line your data. And then speaking of traders to respect, uh, the, the Snowden's Don Corleone. <laughs> so debut, excellent. This is almost the, the typical Team Snowden big race winner. Then get beaten in your, in your preliminary final, to use a footy term, at odds on, because it was odds on because the debut was so good, and then win a big race. It happened with Sepoy, they famously, and they've had so many others over the years where they're not, you know, the horse runs well, but grand final is grand final. And uh, here he is down in Melbourne a fortnight after, and he, he got a fair bit wrong in the race as well. Well, he did, particularly at the start. Things didn't go right for sure. This is a horse, again, you just look at the acceleration. When you're coming off this setup like a minus 6.1 through the first section, it's, the first step is how do you run time off that? It's, it's so hard to do, Ralphie. But the acceleration certainly didn't go missing. It went from minus 6.1 to plus 0.8. That's a, almost a seven-length extension in the mid-race. And the horse did weaken over the last 200 metres, which only indicates that this horse should, under normal circumstance, leapfrog up. Because that, to me, was just 
the way it had to use all the energy, it ran out of condition from a race point of view, not from a fitness point of view. And young horses generally learn a lot in terms of being able to cope with that when they've actually had that situation happen to them first time around. And this is what's happened to the horse. Now, I sort of sit here and say, okay, well, I probably can add three. That sort of doesn't quite get you to benchmark, but on the first up run at Randwick, there's enough to suggest that if I use some blending performances from the, the two of them, there could be a scenario where this horse might be able to get to plus one to plus two range and make it competitive because this is a race where you make a slight error, you're out. Yeah. And, and and of the known, I suppose it's Brave Halo because the known is what it did in Perth. The unknown was first up, slightly uh, awkward away, and then from there, Ollie's in traffic behind Barber. Um, never really got a got a full acceleration. Well, that won't be a problem tomorrow with uh, with Barrier Sixteen. So it's probably the Golden Switch barrier wise. But I, I, I take it you're sort of you're of the view he's sort of a benchmark type horse taking on horses who could elevate into Grand Final day. Well, it's like this. He's got that point nine. Yep. And right now. Just the stable, and I know they did talk about it, Ralphie, that they didn't believe they had the horse obviously ready. Yep. You know, for whatever the circumstances are, because I didn't hear the entire communication. But the trend from history, and again, about all horses that generally have to chase that figure of their first campaign. And I, I felt this horse had a very clean first campaign. You had to look at it, just smash them every start, right? And the peaking performance was 0.9 above. So the first up run says to me, you're trending to that number. You're not trending beyond it. If you had to came up out first up and ran sort of benchmark, then I would probably get excited and say, okay, well, you can easily probably go plus two, plus three. So right now the horse is going to, if it finds four lengths, it's probably going to run to 0.9. Now, if the others don't turn up or have bad luck or whatever, then maybe this horse is, you know, you, you can't dismiss it because Damien's a master tactician. Yep. He's one of the best riders you can have in high-pressure races. So you'd know he isn't going to be the problem. It's just whether the horse is going to be good enough. And he'll be hoping, maybe like a couple of others, that let's see if the others find problems. The Futurity Stakes is a cracking Group 1 race, but it's a small field. So pace is a bit of a challenge when it comes to a speed map. Uh, outside of Alligator Blood, Vince, we know where he'll be. Yeah, yeah. Well, <sighs> could, could they dawdle? and make it a big sit and sprint. Well, one of the first horses that we have to look at now, <laughs> that uh, alligator trial in the 10th and 2nd, that was, you know, really good, Ralphie. Like, there's no way this horse is going to be coming with um, any blemishes into this into this race. Not on what I've seen off the jump out. Now, from a tactical point of view, which is probably more the more important part, is what's this horse most likely to do in terms of speed in this situation, if no one presses it, they might go orderly and be benchmarked. That's why I said average, right? If anybody wants to press it, then maybe we'll have a quickening of speed. But there's, I don't feel there's going to be a need for that. So I'll probably look at Mr. Mozart saying, okay, could you be the horse that might engage in any sort of activity that to sort of want to press that front? And I said, okay, well, if I put that as a horse there, then I'll look at its profile. Again, it's another runner that doesn't have to sort of dominate itself up front. It's happy to sit wherever. So why would Damien Oliver, knowing him, who's not a, a an individual that looks to, for the front, he's going to do the first thing, I'm going to sit. Yep. And that's what's going to happen, I feel, is they're going to take a sit. It's going to be orderly. And then it's going to get down to that home straight and who has the most dynamic 400-metre sprint. 
And I do feel that they're going to be all close together. I don't feel there's going to be a big spread. Now, there is this uh, scenario when you, you study lots of different things in life that it is prudent to look at the absolute opposite side. And it shouldn't be unwise to think about, okay, what happens if you, if that idea isn't true and they just put the, the trigger down and say, let's go. Let's go for broke on alligator blood and we have a, a super fast run race. Then you know, there'll be a big spread and there'll be less chances, that can, less horses that can win if that happens because it's going to take away the effectiveness of certain horses and maybe only leave one or two horses left being able to win. But I, I'm, I'm taking the position we're going to have even speed and Alligator Blood's going to be the, the horse they have to all try and beat. He has a good acceleration off slow pace as well, Ralph. He, he can run a, a plus five or six last 400. And it's just a matter of how close you're going to be to it. I love Blake Shin on leaders, and that uh, that probably adds to uh, to yep. his chances. Oh, for sure, he's a master. So Nugget elevated to a new level last start, uh, and it was it was a unique situation. They were they were even speed uh, with uh, German Roy, and uh, and on Thunderstruck and Mr. Brightside probably, and I suppose to a lesser extent, Aegon uh, couldn't have done much more under that race shape. Uh, on a Friday morning, what's your thoughts about uh, is an inve- is an investment time, or <laughs> you're not not really sure at this stage. Well, he found three and a half. I've never seen him find another three and a half. Yep. So that, that's Nugget's peak, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've never seen them. I've never seen this stable find another three and a half on the first three and a half. So where does On Thunderstruck and Mister Brightside fit in? Well, they 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 got the perfect chance to win both yep. of them. This is this is their race. Really, it, it really is, Ralphie. Why? Not a lot of pressure. If they're in, if they're in the strike zone. One to three lengths of that lead pack. Brightside, as first example, he's a typical 400 speed, speed, seven and a half, nine and a half. Now, if I'm looking at Alligator Blood's top of around 5.6, he can afford to give a two to three lengths start and we'll run it down. Yep. Now, if they go very fast and the gap's a lot bigger, a little bit different story. Not sure. Now, Dawes has had one run, granted. But I don't like the setup with a booming last um, 800. I mean, this horse did a 14.5 combined last 800. That's 100% flatline territory. Yep. They, they don't want a fast pace. But if they got that, it's curtains, I believe, right? Because the flatness will kick in because yep. this horse will have to race outside its comfort zone from a first up perspective. But I'm not seeing that, Ralphie, right? I'm, I'm only just calling it out should the impossible happen, right? And therefore... The way I've got it shaped up, this is clearly one of the two horses to beat. And the other one, I'm Thunderstruck. Again, let's look at its profile. Rock solid, 5.8 to 7 range. Not a lot between Brightside and I'm Thunderstruck's last 400 metres. And both of them, the only difference is this. If they activate a fast run race, Thunderstruck's a bit more of a grinder and might grind himself a little bit better than Brightside, but then it would be a negative for for the horse to also win. So they'll, I, I'm just saying this, right? I, I'm assuming an even speed, this horse will get its golden chance to win, and it's going to be pretty much either Brightside or Thunderstruck. There is one other horse that I didn't want to completely dismiss because I looked at 400. Run. 
No, no, I went no. for the other one, Ralph. Yeah, no, I had to go to – oh, no, he's been scratched, so I don't have to go there anymore. Laws of Indices. Yeah, yeah, thank goodness. No, well, no everyone's trials were terrible. God, it was good first up at, uh, at Cox Plate Day. It was enormous, right? <laughs> so, what but do we I, do? Well, Nishan's definitely made a, a, a huge improvement from one to the other. Now, Annabelle Nishan, from what I've just learned so far, and don't forget, she's an evolving trainer. Yep. In the last two campaigns or preparations of looking at, her, at her, the inside of her training prowesses, and I'm sort of pretty much like saying the last two seasons, she's just so brilliant at having horses co- not at their top, but very close to their top straight away. She's got just that capacity. Now, th- there was a s- distinct improvement from one trial to another. Like, I'm talking massive, Ralphie. I don't know why. Now, it was still just an even trial. But that's like a little bit of a, an eyebrow razor in the sense that, shit, you've improved 10 lengths from one to another, <laughs> trial-wise. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So, that, and that, uh, to underline, that, that performance was very, very serious, Cox Plate Day. Oh, absolutely. Talent-wise. All right, we'll finalise everything in the morning there. Then, uh, now, the uh, the Peter Young that's that's on the uh, hillside, the first leg of the quaddy here, the Melbourne Cup when our gold trip resumes. You know, we say, well, there's a stayer out of play, and uh, no, this is a horse, obviously, that, you know, you stamped early doors, Vince, last prep. Just want to put something else on the table here. Yes. Scallion Profile, uh, they're going to now want to show that it's capable of winning at distances much shorter than 3,200. So there's, a, there's an incentive for this horse to come to play tomorrow. So he's favourite for the race, around about $3 range. How are you assessing his chances? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> clear indicator. When you go from 1,000 to 1,550-metre jump out, you ain't coming to muck around. Yeah. <laughs> they got, they, they're targeting. It's very clear. 1,800 metres is a good target. Yep. And this horse kept improving through its campaign, right? Yes, part of it could have been by design, but I also felt, just looked at the way the horse ran its very first race start at Rose Hill and watched how much it evolved. There is this possibility that maybe the baseline for this horse... Now, I've only gone 1.2, right? Yeah. But there is there is this possibility the baseline might be more like 2, 2.5, where this horse is just going to go from there and really... Test and maybe who knows? Maybe it can go beyond its four and a half, five, which is you know this horse can easily do, Ralphie. So I'm watching with a lot of keenness to see are we going to see the emergence of this horse absolute best and kicking off with a big performance at 1800 and you know become a rock star money wise for us. Yeah, well, I mean, the the obvious target there for Sydney is the goal is the Queen Elizabeth over two thousand metres. So they're going to yep. want to show that he, he's ready to come to play. It's a relatively short break, given how extensive the campaign was, one hundred and sixteen days. And as you said, a fifteen fifty metre barrier trial says that uh, fitness uh, shouldn't be an issue. No, and I love you know and Zara's on it as well. Yep, yeah, it, it ticks all the boxes, Ralphie. Yeah, surefire you expecting to run well. Are we have we seen the best of him yet? I mean, he's really only had what one decent run on. Well, even that wasn't firm track. So, how many, how many firm track runs has he had? That, well, I suppose the Geelong Cup day. Yeah, very few, very very few. And and when you do, well, let's have a look at the day at Flemington over two thousand metres on a good track. You see <laughs> yeah. the explosion of the last four hundred. Yeah, I know it was off a no pace, but all that energy would have been taken out when you've gone minus sixteen. 8 to plus 3.2 to the 400 and where do you go and find that acceleration of plus 9 last 400 
where, where are you going to get that from? I, even off a slow pace, a lot of horses I discount a lot, but then I look at how big's the exertion. And if the exertion's somewhere around 20 lengths, I know that's close to maximum you know, energy distribution, like it, you can't really push much more. And then what should happen is you should start your stride should start to decompose. In other words, you start to lose that balance of rhythm. Your aerobic power isn't the same, but this horse actually accelerated even further. So that's, and the reason why I'm saying this, Ralph, is to point out what you just said. Have we seen the best? I'd have to say absolutely not. Yeah. And, well, and, and interesting, that Turnbull Stakes, uh, plus nine last 400 that you've mentioned, yep. plus 8.9 uh, gold trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, in front of it in the run. So there, there is a bit of a – there's already a tie in there to say there, there possibly isn't much between the two of them. No, the runner that I'm really keen to you – know, just I only just want to touch on it just in yeah. case uh, uh, we miss out time-wise. Is this El Paradiso? <laughs> I think this is very interesting. I'm like, I am super, super keen – to see what this stable's got planned for this horse. Because this horse, when it came over from overseas, could have – well, the signs where this could be a potential star. Yeah. I know all the profile is all about long distance, and I'm not saying that it's not going to be this time in, but I just wonder what they're going to do. And I just look at what they've done with this horse – they were trialling it in February, coming off November, then it went away, and then it came back in August. They gave it one trial. That tells me you're in a campaign, and then it went away, and now you're back. Why? Well, they switched. It, it had a tendon injury, Vincent. It Did switched it? from yeah from from Waller to uh, to, to it, it went to Chris Waller, and right. now they're having another throw at the stumps with Mar Eustace. Okay. So communication is. I mean, David Eustace, and they on a horse on a on a profile like this, I tend to. Take on trust. What's what's said, and he said, "I'm just yep. not expecting it to do anything tomorrow. Just uh, we'd be delighted if it just goes around happy and healthy." Okay, well, so, well, that's uh, now that you've given me that uh, insight, I yep. uh, I can understand it a bit more. All right, well, yep. it's sad. Yeah, very sad to hear. Level. Yeah, very <laughs> so sad to hear. Uh, very sad to hear, but that's life. No, Steinem at nine dollars. Uh, it's a stable mate for Gold Trip. Isn't it going to get the perfect run? And it's it, 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 fitness can't be an issue with two jump outs after a Perth campaign. True, very true, Ralphie. Just profile wise, we know it's sort of a one and a half to plus two range horse. Yep, that's typically where it is. So class wise, it is going to be up against it, and probably does have to be in a situation where I feel at least two horses have to run below their natural capability, and this horse would have to come to its stop. Will that happen? I'm not sure, but you know, it's not going to be a surprise. I mean, I've got the horse in the top four because I've got to give it some sort of respect and it does go, does like this distance range. It's going to like, like a good track. And I, I feel that it's done enough work from both the jump out and the barrier trials to suggest that you're going to be in good shape for a first up 1800 metre race. All right, what we'll do, we'll finish off with one early in the day because I, I noticed you've said moderate to high and, gee, I, I like what it's been doing in Sydney. It's, it's Sydney data here. So uh, tell us about Spacewalk there in, uh, in um, what was that, uh, in race five, I think it is. Sorry, race, race four, yeah. Uh, race four on the program here. How does Spacewalk uh, stack up here? Yeah, I, I did say to myself this was clearly a race that anyone that's following Sydney form really don't have to think anywhere else but the Sydney horses because I'm expecting this horse to either come first or second, Ralphie. Profile-wise, it's very, very solid. I look at what it, um, it produced in its performance. It was, um, from my point of view, I thought it was excellent, Ralphie. 
1.4, okay, from a, from a number point of view, we're looking for a plus one or better to get on the podium. All I can say is this. The way the horse produced that 1.4, first section 0.9 below, that was about a two and a half lengths improvement from the first up run at Rose Hill in terms of early speed conditioning. The most powerful part was how much this horse improved in the mid-race. It was a plus 5.1 in the mid-race. It was a six-length overall squeeze, about a one-second move in terms of energy, but it was far superior to the first up run. And then I probably was looking for a much bigger dropout over the last 200 metres, and actually the horse suffered a little bit of a slowdown. So I sit back here and say, okay, 1.4, rock solid, probably heading to somewhere around 2, 2.5, and, and this, short, this horse should 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 have been, well, I don't know, maybe still will, should be starting in the red. Well, it's mid threes. So we yeah. like, so that's, a, just want to leave that little gift on a Friday uh, morning. Uh, obviously, the, the other races have got challenges for us and we'll pull them apart tomorrow uh, once your final edition of Race Speed Profiles comes out. In the meantime, thanks so much for being a customer of our preview edition. Hopefully you enjoyed the deep dive insights. Tomorrow we talk business.